Welcome to Kaya, the college and young adult ministry of Midtown Baptist Temple, a ministry seeking to pursue a deeper faith in Jesus Christ through God's Word, fellowship, and prayer. All right, so who's at camp? Sweet. So we went over, Mark Trotter specifically went over how the tabernacle of the Old Testament was this pattern for prayer for us. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not too hard of a picture to see because the Israelites went from the outside world all the way into the very presence of the living God. And, and for us, right, through prayer, we, we leave the world for a second and we enter into the very presence of of God through prayer. And so if you guys want to read Psalm 100 with me real quick, we see how this begins with thanksgiving. So Psalm 100, it's a psalm of praise. It says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And this is key. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. And so just as, you know, the, the Israelites were to enter into the gates with thanksgiving, we have to do that in, in our prayer life, right? That, you know, the tabernacle, it's not a command. Like, we're not commanded to pray in this pattern. But we ought to come before God with thanksgiving. And uh, unthankful people suck, right? Like, we, we know people that every time we're around them and they're just complaining about their circumstances or what's going on in their life, they're not fun people to be around. And, you know, I don't have kids, but I can only imagine how awful it is for, like, a kid to only be unthankful before their parents. And when we're consistently unthankful with God, what we're essentially telling him with, with our actions and with our attitude, is that, God, you're a terrible dad. And Romans 8.32 says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So the question is, like, what has God not done for us? When have we ever lacked and so with that, let, let's come to God thankful this morning. And if, if you've had an unthankful heart, let's repent of that. But let's, let's break up into groups of two or three. We're just going to take a minute before we get back into praise. And we're going to give thanks to our Father. Because he's a, he's a real good dad. And he's worthy of thanksgiving and of praise. And so let's, let's do that.
Your son who like died for us on the cross, um, who bled out for like our sins. Um, yeah, and I just pray that, yeah, we would be like thankful as Seth said that um, you would prove out unthankfulness in my hearts and all our hearts, um, that we would be thankful to you. Um, I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We really need to get into the practice of putting to practice what we pray, right? And so I know this song isn't, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart, with praise. But the cool thing about this song is that it gives so much space, right? There's so much room for you to fill it with whatever you need to fill it with. So we're just going to sing, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above, ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen, 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 amen. And you can say whatever else you need to in that. You don't have to just sing the words that we sing. You don't have to feel constricted. You don't have to be embarrassed if your hands go up or down. Just, just like we just prayed in small groups, why don't you just praise like that? Why don't you just praise like you're thankful? And I'll join you. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here be. 
You guys can have a seat. Um, so Seth just introduced us to um, the gate of the tabernacle. Um, and I'm going to talk about the next two things um, that we reach as we're walking through the tabernacle. Um, immediately upon entering his courts with thanksgiving, uh, we reached the brazen altar, which for those of you who are at Albert Church Retreat, um, all of this will be familiar. But um, the first thing that we're met with in the tabernacle is where sacrifices are made. And as Mark said at Albert Church Retreat, um, this represents to us the cross um, where Christ died for us, which first gave us the ability to even be in his presence. So if you want to turn to Isaiah 53, um, I'm going to read a few verses from there. Um, starting in verse 3, Isaiah says about Jesus, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him, and he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed.' 
All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamp to the slaughter, and as a lamb before her shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. So, as we reach the brazen altar, um, this is a reminder for us to remember the weight of our sin that bloodied, bruised, and mocked our Lord. Um, to remember the weight of the sin that created a momentary separation between him and the Father that had never been there, um, which caused him to cry out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? We're to remember that almost all of Jesus' followers had left him and he was nearly alone. Um, and for us, this is a reminder to yield our lives to him in the same way that Jesus yielded his life to death for us. We're to yield ourselves to him. In Mark 8, he says, Jesus says, whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. And so my question for us is, have we yielded our life, desires, agendas, and our bodies to Jesus today to be wholly his? Have we gone to the cross to give ourselves to Jesus in the same way that he gave himself for us? And upon going through um, the brazen altar, we reach the brazen laver, which is the last place before reaching the holy place, where the priests would come to wash their hands and their feet before entering into the holy place. And after we've been met with the cross, we reach this place where we are faced with the sins that we need to wash away, um, that we need to let go of so that we can enter into his presence. In Romans 6, starting in verse 11, it says, Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto God. And um, this is a reminder for us to make sure and check ourselves. Is there any sin? Is there sin that we're holding on to? Are we viewing our sin the way that God does? It hurts him. And it's that sin that brought Jesus to the cross where he bled and died for us. And as I'm talking, um, is there a sin in your life that comes to mind that you think, like, I need to lay this down right now? Um, If we don't have hatred toward our sin, if we have pet sins that we're holding on to, that we keep going back to, we need to pray and trust God for a heart that hates and despises sin the way that he does. Imagine that sin being on Jesus' shoulders mocking and condemning him when we know what our sin did to our lord how can we keep holding on to it and loving it so right now um this is a lot more somber than we were just at before but we want to check ourselves and we want to do that individually so take some time um if you need to get down and kneel on the floor where you're sitting if you need to come down and kneel anywhere whatever you need to do between you and the Lord, meet with him and go to the cross and recognize the weight of sin and lay down any sin, anything that needs to be confessed and given over to him so we can truly 
be in his courts with thanksgiving so that we can enter into the holy place and be completely his when we do it. So, as long as you need. tabernacle after we've passed the golden labor and we've uh, gotten through the courts is the first part of the tabernacle proper which is the holy place and mark talked about how the first thing that we'd see because it's bright and illuminated is the golden candlestick and uh, that represents for us the holy spirit and this is the place in prayer of emptying and filling emptying ourselves of our desires of our best efforts to try to fix ourselves and instead being filled with the spirit In Galatians 5.16, it says, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And I think sometimes we change that verse in our mind to say, walk in the spirit and you might not fulfill the lust of the flesh, but also you might still do that. But that's not what it says. It's an absolute statement. The problem is most of the time we're not actually yielding ourselves to the Holy Spirit. But if we do that and we do walk in the spirit, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And that's a promise from God. And so as we pray, Lord, help me to just yield to your spirit and to lay down my efforts to fix myself, we're filled with the spirit. And as we're filled with it, the spirit illuminates our eyes, just like that candlestick illuminated the space. And in John 14, Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth. And the Bible teaches us that we can't understand the word of God without the Holy Spirit. So the golden candlestick lights up the room and we see the table of showbread, which represents for us the word of God. There were these loaves of bread that the priests would come and they would eat them every Sabbath and then they would replace them with fresh bread the next day. And Jesus himself compares the word of God to bread. And so just like the priests, we need to daily be consuming the bread of God's word and then replacing it with fresh bread the next day. You know, if we if we consume it one day and then three weeks later and then four days later, that that's going to starve us and we're going to become weak. So we need to daily rely 
on the word of God. And so it's here in prayer that we, we tell God that we need to rely on his word. We ask him to help us to esteem it like Job above our necessary food. So let's break into our small groups and pray again just for a couple minutes. One, that God would help us to yield to the Spirit and to walk in the Spirit instead of trying to muster up our best effort. And then two, that he would allow us, that he would help us to rely on his word daily. And if there's anything that you know that God's teaching you from his word, something that you need to obey and move forward in, acknowledge that to him. Tell him you know you need to obey and ask him to help you do that. Let's pray. But we need to keep going. So it's at, it's at this stage of our travel through the tabernacle that we find ourselves at the altar of incense. And, uh, and, in, and, and in short, the altar of incense is intended to picture for us the requests that we make to the Lord. And so if you can imagine for a second, this altar of incense has golden censers on it. They sit over a grate. And the fires from the sacrifice that was previously made are brought in. Those embers, those burning embers, you can imagine the picture there. Those, those burning hot embers left behind from the sacrifice are brought in. And they're set in the midst of the incense so the incense might burn and lift a sweet savor uh, before the nostrils of our Lord. What a, a powerful picture of what it means to actually have completely let go. 
to come before the Lord with a thankful heart, having sacrificed ourselves, and now our request before the Lord can be according to his will. And it's only the prayers according to his will that actually bring him a sweet savor. We come before him with selfishness and yuckiness all the time, and that's because we have not yet sacrificed ourselves before we've come before him. Does that make sense? And so, so we, we make requests before the Lord, and once a year on the Day of Atonement, that, that incense would make its way with the high priest into the Holy of Holies, the place where before the mercy seat, the high priest would, be, would, would meet with God. And we know that because we are of the priesthood of believers, that we have the ability as New Testament Christians to come before the Lord with requests in hand and actually stand before him in righteousness. It's an amazing, amazing thing. And we could talk about this for hour upon hour, but what we need to know is that as believers, God has invited us to be in his presence, that we might freely make requests before him. We can come boldly before the throne, and we can be his friend. You know, the Bible talks about the old paths, and how if we go and we walk in the old paths, that we can find rest in those old paths. And those old paths are the traditions and the faith of saints that came way before us. And so when we enter into the tabernacle in this way, in many regards, we've entered into the old path. And this way of praying should be a way of life for us in Kaya. Thinking this way should just be an innate part of what we do when we come before the Lord every morning. We want to meet with him this way, not out of legalism and not out of a system or a methodology or ritual, but because this is how people have met with God for thousands of years. Does this make sense? And so let's take one minute right here to just acknowledge the Lord and say, Lord, I know, I know that I get to be with you and I'm so thankful for the rest that you bring to me. And then we're going to enter back into a season of worship. And as, and as we worship, it's time for you to make requests. As we lift up our praises to the Lord and we close out our time together, it's time for you to make requests. And the, this is the part where you bring souls before the Lord. You ask him, Lord, make me fruitful. Make me an effective Christian. Lord, I want your yoke upon me because I know that's where the rest is. I want to walk with you in tandem. I want to do as you do, and I want to do your work, and I ask, Lord, that you would make me to be fruitful in every regard. Okay, so one minute right now. Let's just rest before the Lord, and then we'll come back together and make requests before his throne. We hope that today's message encouraged you to follow Christ in his word. For more information about Kaya, for service times and information about our disciple-making ministry, please visit our website at caya.live.